Warning. Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews contains adult content and language. Man, welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. I'm Brandon. And I'm Travis. And man, dude, it's been a while since we've been in the studio. It has been a while. It's weird. I think listeners might not realize that our release schedule and production schedule are totally different. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we've been slackers, folks. Uh, like, we, we, you know, back when we were on, what, winter break? Yeah. That was when we recorded the, well, half of season two. Yeah, the first two. five, yeah. Yeah. And so season two, you guys, as we're recording this, you guys are on uh, season two, show two. Yep. Um, so we are recording show six as we are speaking. Yeah, so if we're talking about shit that doesn't make sense in episodes, it's because the, the schedules are yeah. totally different. So bear with us, but... I will say... Wait, wait. To be fair, we always talk about shit that doesn't make sense. Well, I'm only talking about... Schedules. I was going to say, that's our shtick, <laughs> man. But anyway, but here's the latest in the analytics. Let's call up... Uh, hold on. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> we still only have that one pissed off fan in Puerto Rico, I guess. Yeah. He but doesn't. hey, on the bright side, between the States and the UK, and hey, we're getting huge in Japan too, folks. Yeah. So, I mean, what are we? We're in, what, 13 countries? 13, yeah, four continents. Four continents. I mean, hey, you know, the show's going places, we yeah, hope. Yeah. Marshall, I'm going to call you a fucking douchebag again. Come they on, Marshall. still haven't sent that. Um, here's, a, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown, a little bit of maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, we do have uh, Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews stickers available now. We do. So if you would like one of those, hit us up on the Facebook page, um, yep. you know, Beards, Brews, Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo.com, and we'll, you know, we'll get one of those out to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, if we have any of our fans out there that happens to be a screen printer, <laughs> hey, hit us up because we would like to get into the t-shirt market so we could do t-shirts too. Um, you know, like I said, we are independently owned and operated around these, uh, shady Husky Slim studios. So, uh, independently owned and operated since 2020. Yeah. Well, you know, it's what happens when you get drunk and you come up with ideas uh, for shows. But this week, because cousin Dave asked for it. That's right. We are doing this for cousin Dave. We are doing London Calling. This is the third studio album by The Clash. It was originally released as a double album in the UK on December 14th, 1979. Um, I mean, CBS Records put it out, if y'all want to know. And uh, the United States version come out January of 1980, courtesy of Epic Records. Yep. Um, we will get more into detail in that. Yeah. But... Trav was in charge of the beer this week, and so we got to go to the... I'm telling you what, 
since Marshall keeps letting us down, yeah. I may just contact Ozark Trail, and who knows, they might send us one of their Yeti fakies, or you, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think you should reach out to them. So, um, we've got a, a special beer this week. So, my buddy, uh, Doctor Seth Ganshorn, out in Bend, Oregon. Doctor. Yeah. Um, Almost makes me wish we were doing a UFO episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. It could be possible later. Um, yeah, UFO's great. Uh, Sent us a special um, Bend, Oregon local craft brew. So I'm going to hop into the uh, Ozark Trail cooler and check it out. Here oh, we go. All right. Now, I do not know what he's pulling out of the old... We usually call it the swag bag, but... Um, hey, that's kind of cool, man. We got the smoking computer. Which he is gaining ground in popularity, folks. I don't know what it is with that guy, but I think he's trying to take the show over. And, um, oh, wow, the cans look pretty cool. What Boneyard beer. Skunk Ape IPA. So th- this is a cool story, right? So it's, it's Boneyard um, uh, beer. It's the brewery out there in, in Bend, Oregon, right? But they partnered with Libtech Snowboards. Uh, LibTech has a model, their board called the Skunk Ape, and uh, that's what this is. I don't know. The picture on the can's pretty sweet with the guy like just chugging right out of the keg. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we grew up like we used to ride LibTech boards. I think Doctor uh, Seth Ganshorn still rides LibTech, but that's a cool little story about that. All right, what do we got? We got six percent alcohol. It's a Red India Pale Ale. Yep. <sighs> so that's more up my alley. This than is yours. more up your alley, I can tell. But yeah. you know, we did have a gracious uh, fan and listener, Doctor Seth. That's right. And um, I'll try it. I mean, yeah. If nothing else, the cans the cans pretty cool, man. Yeah, I ain't gonna is. lie. All right, you ready? It says it's the perfect what Pal Day beer. <laughs> that's the snowboard <laughs> reference, I guess. All right, here we go. As in powder. Pal. That's right. All right. Cheers. Hold on, I give it the sniff here. It does got a little grape smell to it. All right, I'm going in. I'm not a big IPA fan. I'm just throwing it out there, but I'm going to try it. I am a big IPA fan. It's good. It's tasty. What do you think? Too hoppy for you? It's not as it's it's hoppy. Yeah. It's hoppy for me. But to me, I've tried some of the other stuff that you brought over, <laughs> and it's made me way more bitter beer face than this. Yeah, as far as IPAs go, this isn't super hoppy. But I would not want to drink like six of them because, whoo-wee, them hops that have me hopping right to the fucking bed. <laughs> no, it it does got a grape. It's got a grape vibe to it. Yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the IPAs, but I mean, I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, you know. But hey, thanks Dr. Seth for sending us some yeah, beer to try. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Seth, you have a care package coming out to you with some uh, beards, brews, final reviews, swag. Swag. And by swag, he means <laughs> stickers because so far that's all we've been able to come up with, folks. Hey, when, you, when you're putting the show on yourself and everything's coming out of pocket and nothing's coming back in and, you know, we got the one pissed off guy in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to do. 
Um, Although we do have, have koozies coming shortly. We'll have those before shirts. Yeah, we're going to work on the koozies. Um, like I said, if, there, if, if any of our fans out there, or if you know a, a good screen printer that would be willing to work with the show, hey, yeah. we're all about shameless free plugs and <laughs> whatnot. Um, but anyway, no, nah, I mean, I don't hate it. Um, I definitely rank it higher than the Jenny Ice. Oh, God. And it's a little teaser next week. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Next week, folks. Uh, well, well, on the release date. So by the time this airs, that episode will already be out. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. Okay, so we're safe. Yeah. But anyway, what we're talking about, folks, is the Metallica episode that you should have listened to already. Yeah. Has probably the funniest um, beer segment out of any of our episodes. That was rough. Uh, it rough and <laughs> good lord! I to this day just thinking about it still makes me laugh. But um, I don't know if I've ever drank anything like that. Yeah, I mean, if you ever had a beer that tastes close to a rhino's ass, I would have to say that would be the one. Oh my god! But no, this this uh, boneyard beer, skunk ape IPA, way better than that. Yeah, it's good. I'm gonna give it a, a four out of five. Okay, I'm I I I'm just giving it what I think because I'm not a big IPA fan. Yeah. I, I'll go a three on it. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, it's a little overpowering for my taste, but it, I do like the the after notes of the grape taste that I get from it. Yeah, it's that slightly citrus, but really well balanced, not too hoppy. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. Plus, um, I mean, even if it tasted like shit, I would still like it because they partnered up with Libtex Snowboards and. So, yeah. Oh yeah, but at least there was not a guy in the brewery that was like sweeping shit off the floor, <laughs> saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, this would be a good fucking idea." <laughs> kind of like uh, <clears throat> the 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 fine folks that fucked us over at Genesee. Ooh, do n- well. I don't know. It's like we said in the episode: if you want to play a cruel ass prank on your friends, get a can of that Genesee ice and I just let them drink it. I don't think I've recovered from that shit. Well, that's probably why we've been on hiatus for so long, to be my <laughs> guess. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, you know, I tell you what, man. The pollen's getting ready to fly down here in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, my fucking sinuses is playing hell with me. So if I sound kind of fucked up, that's what it is. That's true. Right. It's not the Rona, folks. It's not the Rona. No, it's it's pollen. Um, you ready to dip into this? Um, I think I've about plugged everything i wanted to plug um let's see yeah fuck it let's go um cousin dave this is for you but whoo i'm gonna let trav start off all right let's let's jump oh wait 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 i i I forgot um this is we are not doing an og pressing we have a 2015 sony repress and it's on 180 gram vinyl um you bought this what a couple about a month ago yeah so by the time this airs this record i've had it for like three months um there, i mean you can, there's a million of you can get og pressing if you want like get on discogs this is one of those records where there's seriously like 50 versions without a doubt they're, they're all over the place and there's one question i always ask myself but we'll get into that in a little bit um yeah so uh all right here we go album cover and artwork um we're starting high. I'm giving it a five. Uh, it's for two reasons, right? It's a fucking iconic cover, right? With the bass player smashing his P bass on the stage. And it's a, also like a 
a parody of um or a copy of Elvis's first record. But would that be Paul? I'm gonna try not to butcher his name. Is it Simonin or Simonin? Simonin. Okay. Yeah. It's Paul Simonin smashing his P bass, which was also, I believe, on display at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Was it back in 2009, maybe? It was around that time, yeah. Okay. Because I did have notes on that, too. Um, uh, What do you think about this cover? What'd you give it? Well, I gave it a four. Yeah. Um, I really do like the way the, the, the photo is in black and white. Yep. And... Um, I love the way that the neon pink and the neon green, they just jump out at you. And the band logo is just in white, so it just kind of blends in with the photo of him smashing the bass. Yeah, for sure. And it, just that photo of him smashing it. Like yeah. That, that's so cool looking and classic. I mean, I, like I said, I gave it a four, man. Yeah. But what's funny is after he did that, you know, he he, he was asked why he did it. And they're like, he's like, well, no reason. He goes, it played perfectly fine. He goes, I just, <laughs> just you know, just did it to do it. So uh, it's it's to this day it's still pretty awesome when you see somebody smash their guitar or their bass on stage. I'm I'm still a fan of that. I know, but here's my thing: don't use like thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar guitars. Go to the pawn shop, buy some beater piece of shit, and just smash the hell out of it. So here's two stories about that type of thing, right? So when I used to play in bands, uh, one of the bands that are from Austin, Texas, I think they're still around. They're good. Um, called and you know us by the Trail of Dead. Those guys were known for smashing their shit at the end of every show, right? So at that time, this is years ago, early 2000s, they would go and just get cheap guitars before the show and smash them, right? So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end is we're going to do one of the records by this band on a future show, Nine Inch Nails on the Downward Spiral Tour. Uh, There was an interview with a guitar tech a while back. I read in Guitar Magazine or something, Guitar Player. During that tour, Trent was playing Les Pauls, standards mostly, and he smashed over a hundred grand worth of Les Pauls on that tour. I know. Why wouldn't you just get an Epi, put the chips and sticker on it right. from far away you can't tell, for one song, yeah. play it, smash that. I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. I be, but then when you're Trent Reznor, yeah. you, you can just say, fuck it, do whatever you want, <laughs> I reckon. But man. Uh-uh. Hey, wait. Trent Reznor. Mm, mm-hmm. Is he an Ohio alumni, maybe? Perhaps. Uh, okay. Okay, we'll get out of Ohio now. Um, I'm sure it's it's cold down here today, and I'm sure it's cold as fuck up there, too. Fuck yeah. Uh, you guys can keep it. Um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, so that's a, a covering artwork. What do you, uh, what'd you put down for strong tracks, Brady? Oh, strong tracks. Now we get into the dirt, folks. Mm-hmm. Not Alice in Chains, Dirt, but uh, I gave it a three. Um, I mean, I like off of this album. I mean, I, I like London Calling. I like the Vince Taylor and his Playboys cover of Brand New Cadillac. Yep. I love that Rockabilly vibe on that. That's uh, like the second track, too, right? Like, it jump, it yeah, right out, yeah. Yeah, those are like one and two. Yeah. Um, and then for me. Personally, I think the album starts to go a little flat after that. So you and I talked a bit before we started recording about this. There's two things about this. That, well, there's a lot about this record. But there's 19 songs on this record. <laughs> there doesn't need to be 19 songs no. on this record. I know that we're in the minority about, about this record. We'll get to it. And, and 
<laughs> upcoming sections, but it's 19 songs on this. Hold record. on, 19 songs. And it's on four sides of vinyl, <laughs> which equals two albums, folks. Um, um, hold on. I'm just going, I'm going to be the dick and I'll throw it out there. Why the fuck this was ever put out on fucking two albums? You know, it was put out as a double. I have no fucking idea what the, what the thinking was on that. So if you can send your fucking hate mail to me, man, I mean, I just don't get it. Um, so I'm I'm rated it the same as you for for strong tracks. I give it a three, right? And uh, there's there's three I think that jump out um, out of the nineteen. Uh, Lemon Calling is an amazing song. It's just fantastic. But I also really like um, Rudy Can't Fail and Clamp Down. I think those are the three that really jump out. That's funny you brought up Clamp Down. Mm-hmm. I, I I picked up on that one. Yeah. Um. I picked up on a couple other ones, but I'm gonna get into it when we get into the deep cuts. Yeah. Um, but so far, I've not heard my favorite track off of this album named. Um, <coughs> you might when we get to deep cuts. Oh, okay. So somebody picked it as a deep cut, eh? Um, but we haven't talked about it, so just so folks know, like we're just <laughs> we're fucking with each other right now. We don't know what we're gonna say. No, and that's the fun part about the show. We never really know. And then this is always my favorite section: is track to avoid because. It's always, here's the thing. If it's a really good record, it's hard to find a track to avoid. Yeah, but we got to get to our favorite track. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, skip it. Jeez. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm not I'm not even going to call you a Karen on this the one. The skunk has got me. I'm kind of still in the same fucking boat with mm-hmm. you rowing away from this fucking turd. I, I mean, I'm not going to call it a turd of an album. Right. But do, it, it, it's just, I don't know, man. I get the significance of the clash. Yeah. But this album to me didn't know whether it wanted to be reggae, ska, rockabilly, punk. Punk. I, honestly, I think punk is the furthest thing that this album is away from. So I like the here's the thing, and I, I was I have this on my notes for later on in the show, but I think I'll mention it now. I always have felt this way about the clash. I like the idea of the Clash more than I like the Clash. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, like you see them in interviews. No, I get and it. And they're really cool in the live footage. It's awesome. I just don't like the, their music as much as I like them. Well, I, okay, this is this is something I have in my notes for later, but I'm, yeah. I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Honestly, I always thought I was a Clash fan, but I guess I'm more of a combat rock clash fan because you know that's the one that had rock the casbah and you know that was when they were getting more airplay on mtv so really at that time that's when i would be getting introduced to the clash what else what should i stay or should i go yeah that's on that's on combat rock too so i mean in all fairness i mean i but i i when i did my scoring on this album i scored it for this album i didn't try to compare it to that but it was it was real difficult to find stuff on this album that fit in like combat rock came across. Yeah. The genres are kind of all over the place on this. And I mean, I, and I know I have a feeling we're in the minority. Like this is, uh, no, I get it. And and I get the significance of the clash mm -hmm. at the time when they come out. But I mean, this album to me is kind of all over the fucking place. It totally is. And not in a, 
I'm not going to say in a good way, neither. Um, no, I mean... Cousin Dave, you're going to have to reach out and explain yourself. I know people love it. So what, what do you have for favorite track? My favorite track, I gave it a four, and I, I took Train in Vain. It was a single. Right. To me, it was just a, a great-sounding rock and roll song. It's straightforward. It's got great harmony and vocals. It's a great Mick Jones song. And honestly, I think the songs on this album where they didn't try to do anything special... I think we're the best off of this album. Yeah, I, I agree. And you really got to dig to find them. I think this is one of those records, like, tell me if you agree. If they would have trimmed this up and it was one record, like 10 songs, it would be way better. Yeah, I, I, yeah definitely. I think so. Because uh, um, honestly, the feeling I was getting, because I just listened to it on vinyl this morning, but I've I've been dipping my toes in it, you know, off of uh, streaming yeah. stuff. But... Um, it uh, it's real hard. Some of the songs just kind of sound like run-on sentences. They just blend in with each other, and they're so forgettable that you they don't really stick out to you. That's true. Was the vibe that I got? No, I I, I agree with that. Here's the, I think this is always a problem when you've got a record with the genres kind of all over the place. It's hard to get a flow, right? Oh, it it it, it to me it's apparent on this yeah. album. Um, you know, like I said, um, I guess I'm more of a combat rock type clash fan and Hey, it is what it is. But, um, like I said, cousin Dave hit us up, explain yourself and <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll converse. So, yeah, I, I didn't, <laughs> my favorite, there's only one song that I, I love on this record and it's not, uh, going to be shocking to anybody i gave it a five it's london calling like i think that song is head and shoulders above everything else on the record i don't even think it's close no and that's you know and that's too why you know like i picked train in vain because i remember always hearing that yeah. on the radio and to me between that and london calling those are really the only two songs that were worthy of being on the fucking radio yeah like i know it's an unpopular opinion but this is one of those records like i'm surprised it became like this huge record i know you know i mean it's a classic record and i don't i don't get it i mean we have we have reviewed records that have stood the test of time and came out after Mm -hmm. a record like this and like you know you'll hear us comment and we're like you could throw that on today and it still sounds timeless Mm -hmm. this one here i can't even say that about it and i mean i I just don't know what the fascination is with it. I mean, I mean, I've you know, I'm oh. sure if I look up reviews of it, like they've probably got it ranked in the top what fifty of all time albums, and I don't get it. It's interesting that you say that. Uh, there is a group that sort of pulls together the data from critics' reviews, records, you know, the records they've reviewed over the years, right? Of, and I'm sure they haven't pulled the data from everything but it's for rock records right this is the sixth best reviewed album of all time i don't i don't get it right. and i know i know in the in the great scale of things as of right now as we're speaking yeah. our show is minuscule of our thoughts yeah but both of us know music and i just really don't fucking get it and i'm like a punk rock guy you know what i mean yeah, like and, that, and that's the thing i mean I, I did have wrote down in my notes, and I'll just break it out now. To me, 
I can hear this album being played in the background at a party mm-hmm. because nothing really jumps out at you, so it wouldn't bust the flow of the party. It would just be background music. Or I could hear it as background music in a record store. Yeah. And nothing's really going to jump out at you. I mean, that that was the vibe I got off of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt bad because I really thought it would be a lot better. <laughs> right? Like you wanted to like it more than you liked I, it, right? I did want to like it, yeah. but then I also I got to thinking and I'm like, maybe that's why I've kind of dreaded doing this episode because I really wasn't jazzed about the album. I mean, honestly, and speaking of jazz, you know, Jimmy Jazz on this? Not, not. Let's get right to track to avoid. Yeah. Well, I didn't pick that one, you by didn't? the way. No. Oh. So you go ahead. I, I'll, I'll let you in on what I picked. Uh, yeah. So I gave track to avoid a one. I picked two songs because I think they were just horrible. Jimmy Jazz and Wrong and Boyo. Okay, we got one. We 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 agreed <laughs> with one. Yeah. Um. You know, my track to avoid. I gave it a one just because I can't rate it a zero. Um. You know, I, I do want to say something out there. Uh, my brother, Brent Chance, I know you uh, shot me a private message on the Meatloaf <laughs> episode. Um, we cannot rate a zero on the show. We rate <laughs> one to five. So when you, what did, was it he sent me? Um, Heaven Can Wait, I think it was. You got to give it at least a one. <laughs> and it's like I told you, get you some of that Kingfisher in you. Listen to the album. Mm-hmm. Look at it from its production value meets voice. You'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Back to the clash. Um, let's see. I you know, so I gave it a one, and I picked Wrong and Boyle, and you could have just throw that one in the trash, man. I mean, and and the sad thing is that song was a remake. Why would you remake a terrible song? I don't know. I mean, it really, it's not good. Yeah. I, I it just wasn't <laughs> wasn't wasn't buying into that one. No. What do you uh? What do you put down for deep cuts? Well, deep cuts. I, honestly, I I was a little surprised. I found some songs that I would kind of call deep cuts, mm-hmm. um, even though I did rank them only at a two and a half, because like I said, I just don't see what the big hubbub is about this album. Um, Death or Glory, I thought was a good song. Um, I like that song pretty well. You know, I I liked. Uh, it has more of a rock and roll flow to it. Um, it's got great bass and guitar tones, and the drums sound great on that one. To me, that song is kind of like... It, you can pick out some songs off of this album that kind of fade you into what Combat Rock turned out to be. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, I'm a big fan of the songs on this album that they did try to actually vocalize and sing versus have any type of, like I guess, political meaning behind it Mm -hmm. you know to me the the songs that they tried to have just be rock and roll songs on this album was the ones that i liked um let's see lovers rock i thought was pretty good Mm -hmm. um you know it's got great guitars um i like the more melodic sound on the vocals on that one and then it's got a little funky vibe to it it does you know and the whole funk thing fits into the era that this album come out you know what 79 80 yeah you know, um, you still had, you know, groups like Blondie, you know, they were still doing some, a little bit of like funky stuff. Yep. Um, lost in the, uh, yeah, lost in the supermarket. I think it's just kind of fun and cheeky well, and, clamp, so, and clamp down was one of my other ones. Yeah. Um, 
I had lost it in the supermarket for my deep cut. I gave it a four. Like I thought it was a, a cool song, and also the, the lyrics are kind of fun and goofy. Yeah, know? that's what I liked about it. And you know, it's just I don't know. It was uh, it was good. I think mostly I like the mix songs better than the Joe. Yeah, songs I, I I felt that too. Yeah. I mean, all, I thought all the songs that Mick Jones did, I it sang, and even the, um, what was the one song? Uh, was it Revolution Rock that the bass player sang on? Is that the one? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, you know, to me, I'm not a big fan of the reggae, but it did have a lot of cool production tricks. Yeah, that's on cool. it. That's the last song, right? Uh no, it's uh number eighteen. Mm. It's actually it's right before Training Vane. Okay, right, right. But it it had some cool production value to it, and like I said, the the bass player was actually singing that one, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, I just I don't know. <laughs> so what do you think then about production well, overall sound? But but to back up yeah. a little bit, um, there was a song uh, is on side one. It's called Hateful, and. Yep. I was letting it play, and I I was doing my notes and letting it play, and Keila was in the kitchen, uh, you know, my wife, your sister, she was in there making me breakfast, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm listening to it, um, play, you know, write my notes down, and I, I had already wrote, has that 50s vibe to it, you know, it kind of reminds me of Sha Na Na, and I put LOL, you know, about that time, Keila comes busting around the corner, she's like... Hey, um, that sounds like, uh, was that band that Bowser was in? I go, Sha-na-na? She goes, yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds like. I go, do you want to see my notes that I already wrote down? She goes, no way. I go, yeah. I mean, to me, it was like they stretched a lot on this album. I mean, you got stuff that was trying to sound like the 50s. Um, I got, uh, shit. Let me look at my notes here. Um, actually, I'll say... Like the right profile for one, that song has so many horn sections in it. To me, it and it, I don't know. There's a few songs on this album that try to sound like Bob Dylan, but they got like horns and just random shit it's thrown like in. It's like I said earlier, the, the genres are all over the place. So yeah. There's not a ton of flow. Oh, okay. Here's one that I do think uh, some of our fans probably would find funny. Um, the the song uh, the card cheat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's got that old 60s sound to it. You know, it, it's definitely Motown infused for sure. Um, it actually reminds me of the song in Adventures in Babysitting by the Crystals. <laughs> then he kissed me. Yeah. It's got a vibe like that in yeah, it. Yeah, totally does. So if any of you fans out there have never, ever, ever seen Adventures in Babysitting, yes, we are dating ourselves, but that is one of the greatest movies ever put out go watch that fucking movie and you know you'll get what i'm saying how the fuck did we end up here <laughs> well i guess when the album lacks a little content yeah. i gotta really stretch into my notes but that's what i got out of it um no i i get that i the, the production overall sound i think uh works pretty well i gave it a four i gave it a four also yeah um, um there's really not much to complain about no, I thought the sound quality on this reissue was great. Yeah. It was clean and bright. Yep. Um, in between songs, you know, very minimal, any noise or anything. I thought the cover looked crisp. Yeah. Um, I liked that the inner sleeves, you know, were... I, I'd never seen the OG copy, but I assume they just redid it. 
The only bitch I think I have about the reissue yeah. is it seemed to me like the actual cover is a little too thin. And I noticed on that one, it probably happened in shipping. Like the top's got that little split out in it. Yeah, it was like that. When you know, if uh, if records are shrink wrapped when they ship them to you, mm-hmm. they can't pull the inner sleeve out. And when they ship them, it bangs back and forth, and it'll split the seam almost every yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, I thought I thought it was a, a real well done reissue. Yeah, I, as far as like the whole package for this reissue, they did a nice job. You know. Yeah, I thought they did, but as far as actually when they recorded the album, like I, I'm with you. If they would have cut it down to actually one album, yeah, or, you know, I I think it'd have been better because it weeded out a lot of the. I mean, I, trust me, I I after reviewing this, I was thinking to myself, I said, you know, I'm really not a huge fan of the Police, but honestly, if I got my choice between the Police doing reggae or the Clash doing reggae, I'm gonna take the Police. Yeah. I mean, really. Um, well, you know where I land on that. Well, yeah. Fucking love the police. No, I get it, but dude, no, I wasn't. I, know what you're saying, I wasn't though. that jazzed about doing that episode, but once I actually listened to the album, yeah. I got into it way more than I did this one. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm honestly surprised that we're still talking about this album. I I didn't think we'd have that much to talk about. So, um, this is probably the one I had the hardest time rating actually uh, overall listening experience. <sighs> I went back and forth. Is this one you went back and yeah, forth on? Yeah, I went back and forth on it. Um, so let me tell you, before you tell me your score, <laughs> the only note I wrote for this section, and this is verbatim, 19 songs, really long record, too long. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, Sorry, I had to take a drink of that fine I'll, Heineken. I'll go first. <laughs> I had it at a two, and then I bumped it up to a three because it's a... a <laughs> I, okay. could, I could still go either way, but I'm going to leave it at a three. Okay. What well, you, that that's what's funny is because I told you right before we started to record, and we didn't rehearse none of this. I told him, I said, hold on, I got to put a little change in there. So I'm, I ranked the overall listening experience of this album as a 2.5 to a three. Because mm-hmm. I originally had it down as a three, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, I'm just not that into it. You know, and and I knew out of the gate, it's not my cup of tea. You know, I don't hate the album, but I don't love it. And it's, it's not one you're going to want to put on. Like, you know, like we're having fun. You're like, hold on, I'm throwing a record. It's not going to be this. No. You know? This would be the record that would do that big record scratch. You know. No, you know what you're going <sighs> to do with this record, right? London Calling's the first song. You're going to put that on and play Brand New Cadillac and then take it off. Well, you can let right. train him. You can flip it, flip and it, put and, train yeah. and vein on, yeah, and then yeah. and then if you probably wanted to put a better Clash album, you know, throw Combat Rock on because yeah. you know I think it had more songs off of it than this. But it's been a long time since I've heard that thing too. Yeah. So it, who knows? It might blow ass too. But it's like I said earlier. You know, I I could definitely hear this playing as background music at a party at yeah. the beginning of the party before the party even really yeah. gets hopping. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, sorry, cousin Dave, if we pissed on your emotions, but geez, the wheeze, man, what uh, was you thinking with this one? It's a classic record. I know that we're in the minority here on this one. No, I get it, but that's why I do like doing this show because it's like, um, hey, guess what? We can give our opinion of yeah. it, and I'm sure there's people out there that love it. But, yeah, that totally is. But that's what's great about music. You know, one album's not for every person in the world. So 
That's why we put it on you folks to listen to our show and then you make your own decision on it. Me personally, I don't see a need really to have this in my collection because like I said, it's really not in my wheelhouse, but yeah. um, I do got stuff in my collection that's really not in my wheelhouse, but I think some of those might have a little more content than what this album did. Yeah, so I don't even think I need to ask, but we've never seen them. No, I've never seen them live. Yeah. But I will throw in, um, you know, Mick Jones went on to uh, do Big Audio Dynamite. Yep. I mean, you know, they had some songs in and, the and 90s and right, stuff. Right right before Joe Strummer passed away those last few years. They had, did get back together. Well, yeah, they did, but also he had his side project, that uh, Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, and they were really good. Like, yeah, I mean... And I... To be fair, I think I like that in Big Audio Dynamite better than The Clash. Yeah, because honestly, I'll tell you, like, because what was this the last album that they all were actually together? And then when they Combat Rock come out, wasn't everybody else fired? But Joe Strummer was the only. It original? was around that time when it got really weird. Something okay. like that happened. So honestly, I guess you could almost say that this album was the album to where they were already done, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why we're not really feeling it. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I stick, I stick by what I said earlier. Is that I like the idea of the Clash better than I actually like the Clash. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, but here's what we're gonna do, cousin Dave. Since you sent us this request for this, I'm gonna go on a limb and stick my neck on the chopping block. I'm gonna call it a fucking flop. Because you know, here at Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews, we can do whatever the fuck we want because it's our show. Hold on, wait. Do you hear that? Smoking computer. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. Holy shit. Is that motherfucker listening to Beck? <laughs> he's, he's, he's high as hell listening to Beck in the corner. Was that two turntables <laughs> and a microphone? It was. Oh, my God. You guys got to realize, Smoking Computer's got his own fucking studio now. And, yeah. and I swear the motherfucker is starting to cock block on Facebook, and he's trying to work his way in there. Yes. Um, You know, I will be highly upset when smoking computer gets more correspondence than we do yeah he's gonna have his own uh social media pages before long i mean god damn all right i just don't get it should we do a quick recap well i was gonna go back to blasting cousin dave because he did send me another request Mm -hmm. we'll let you redeem yourself with this other request cousin dave um i'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there um you want to do it next show sure Okay, next show, folks. We're going. We're going to let cousin Dave redeem himself with a fucking awesome classic. It's going to be Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Welcome to the jungle, motherfuckers. <laughs> You're going to die on that. Uh, oh God. Yeah, it's it, a good one. Yeah, th- I mean, throw us a bone, folks. Don't give us this snooze fest of his fucking lunch. <laughs> they need. I'm sorry to all of our UK fans because I'm sure they love this album. But, you know, I just, maybe there's something that y'all know that we don't. I mean, I don't know. Um, um, is there any yeah. reason to recap? No, well, maybe we shouldn't on this one. I think we beat it up enough, right? Yeah, but the thing is, I just I just really don't get it. So the recap basically is we love the cover and the song London Calling. How about that? That And like I said, Train in Vain, I, I'm yeah, a big fan of that one. one. So you take this album, you got, honestly, you could own the greatest of this album on a 45. Yeah, it should be a 7-inch. I'm just throwing it out there. 
Sorry, Cousin Dave, we didn't mean to piss on your emotions, but, you know, when you come at Beers, Brews, Vinyl Reviews, you're going to get real reviews. Yeah, we're not trying to rain on anybody's parade, we're just giving it an honest review. But I will say this, since, you know, what the fuck, we're already into it. Okay, I got two requests. Yeah. Since Marshall's letting us down, which yep. I'm about done mentioning your name, by the way, Marshall, mm-hmm. um, VPI... We damn sure could use one of your record cleaners. I mean, for the amount of vinyl that we buy and go through, that would be awesome. Uh, You know, hit us up. We'll we'll work something out. Yep. Um, Fluance. Some of the RT85s with the Ortofon Blues. Yeah. I mean, that'd be awesome, too. I mean, we could up our game. Um, Electro Voice. Reach out with those microphones. Yeah, for sure. Because honestly, if y'all knew what we're using, you would feel ashamed of yourself. <laughs> but I'm also almost afraid to change anything in our production because I think it sounds great. Yeah, it works well. Like I said, fans, hit us up at Beards Brews Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo.com or catch us on the Facebook page. You can find the podcast. Jeez, just Google the name. It'll pop up. I mean, you, you, it's, it's, you name it off. Well, what are we on so far? Uh, essentially, all of your favorite podcast services wherever you get them we're on uh, pretty much all of them now so you know amazon apple podcast you know stitcher google google spotify i'm forgetting a bunch of them but it's uh, it's on there but that's the thing and if you are getting your podcast from somewhere else that we're not at hit us up and we'll we'll post it there too um man we didn't even hit that we should do more research on this show i'm let down um, I feel like we did a little bit of research on this one. Like I felt like we had to because we didn't love the record, yeah. and so I think we did more research than we typically we do. Must have, and I don't like working that hard. No, um, I like albums that we could just kind of crack beers open and just you know that'll roll be in. that'll be next week's episode. You're damn right, it's going to be next week's episode. Um, so hey, all you Guns and Roses fans, <sighs> yeah. I mean, I'm telling you. Hey, I will. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Izzy Stradlin, hit us up, brother. Hit us up. Yeah, we're. Well, I don't want to take away from next week's episode. I'm not neither. I'm putting a little tease. Brandon and I are huge Izzy Stradlin fans. I'll leave it at that. But I'll tell you this much: cousin Dave will try to fight us on that (laughs) one. That's why I threw it out there. I love you, cuz, but sometimes I question your authority. But hey, anyway, I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. And we are Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. And I'm going to switch it up this week. If you don't like Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews, fuck fuck you. you.